0: Don't you think it's amazing? I love it. Welcome everybody who's in the building and welcome everybody who's not in the building. Uh, so glad you could join us. It means a lot to us that everyone be here. Wasn't it great to be able to stand in worship, lift our hands together as the body of Christ and mouth the words of the songs? Wasn't it great? <laughs> but I couldn't tell because you're all wearing masks, every one of you. Those authorities who are watching our live stream can know that. <laughs> hey, I'm um, just on Cambodia. That's exciting. news are having their first little baby, that's exciting. And, um, ah, but that's not all, there's more. Um, what's been happening there, I'm not sure if you know, we have a church in a place called Kapung Cham, full of young people and older people coming in, which is great, and it's just pumping along even though it's on, online at the moment. But a few, I think about a year ago, we actually got a contact from a village called Maimot, which I understand is around about an hour and a half away from there. And they said, would you please come and, and work with us in building this church? And so Utdan and the team went up there and that church is thriving now. And they go up there quite regularly to sow into that ministry and it's doing fantastic. They call themselves Strong Nation Maymot, Strong Nation Church Maymot, which is great. Well, what's developed from that is, there's another place, another 30 minutes on, a smaller village, and I think the name is um, Capone, Capone, our Capone. <laughs> Capone, or something like that. And um, there's 11 families live in this village. And uh, they say, we've joined together, we're coming to Christ, can we have a church here? Isn't that cool? So we have a Strong Nation Church, our Capone, which is really cool. But what's really exciting, and this is what I wanna really share with you, um, this week we got a call saying, The people of that village have to walk four kilometers to get water and four kilometers back just to get fresh water in the village. We'd like to sink a well. I said, How much? And they told me, About 1200 US. I said, Do it now. Here's the money. Go. And so this week, I think, or this, because of the seed sowing that this church has done, we're able to say, Just go and do it now. And also, we're letting you know, we've also purchased what Utdong calls a battery. I, I liken it to a generator so that they can go into the villages, which don't have any power, and bring power, and to be able to preach the gospel, to be able to do church all there, and we're able to say, go ahead and do it now. Go and do it, because of your seed giving. So thank you, church. Well done. Give yourselves a clap. But um, this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. I wanna see more and more of this. Because God is moving in Cambodia and we are part of it. We're so honoured that he would allow us to be part of that. Isn't it great? So I can't wait until we can visit again. Um, Don's doing a fantastic job, as you know. Um, ben and Theda and the family are here and um, they're hoping to start looking about when they're able to go back. And, um, but Minset and Jenny are here as well. Jenny, she was with us for many years, went to Cambodia, fell in love with this amazing young Cambodian guy. They got married. They're back here now, they're actually in Australia, and um, Minset's looking at going back in February, and we just believe in God, and so far, doors just keep opening, and um, he's going to be going back there to launch our strong village vision, which we've had for a few years now, so that we can put more wells, and beehives maybe, or whatever that village needs, we do it, and we're going to continue doing that. And um, so keep that in your prayers, just letting you know. And if you would really like to say, hey, I wanna sow into that financially, you can continue to do that. And um, our seed giving goes towards that, the one, the seed offerings we take up mid-year. But also, if you wanna say, I want my seed giving to go precisely to that, just label it Frontiers and sow into it. We used to take up a, a, an offering for that every month. We still do, but we just don't make a big deal of it anymore because um, we're online and stuff. But we still have it. So if you'd like to sew into Frontiers, just sew it in on the bank accounts and just label it Frontiers and we'll make sure it goes to this sort of thing happening. It's great to see Deb doing a great job there in Phnom pen as well. Um, she's an amazing, amazing young lady. Well, I've got to tell you, it's great to be in this room and actually have people looking at me with their faces. I love that mask with a big smile on it. that's great. Because I think one of the things I hate most is people can't see your smile. So I reckon we all paint a red nose and a big clown smile <laughs> for next week. That'd be great. And I've got to say it's fantastic to see the Eagles here. The wonderful ladies. Barb had her ninety-fourth birthday recently. Happy birthday. A whole bunch of the ladies had their birthdays. She's trying to catch up to Queen Elizabeth, but I told you you can't catch her. And um, I just want you to know that um, a 94-year-old lady told me my beard makes me look old. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so tomorrow, <laughs> coming off. Ah, it's wonderful. And happy birthday, Barb! I pray God's blessing will be on you all the time, and looking forward to seeing you in church for many years yet. Amen but I think you'd prefer a promotion, right? <laughs> she's got her seat, which uh, is oh, great. She can sit anywhere she likes in this place. That's her. Well, I've been preaching along the um, lines of this new church, this new me. And as I was praying, you know, we've had the, the little mini series of this new kingdom, and based on the year of, you know, behold, all things are new. And, um, but I really felt the Lord say to me, Rick this new church, this new me, I want you to preach on that, discover what that means. So I've been doing that, been a fair bit of research and looking at it and a couple of weeks ago, oh, Adam White preached a great message last week, didn't he? About being in the church community, ah, oh, awesome. Good thing about being online is you can go back and look at it, do that. But um, I've been sharing about this, this new church and, and uh, i found myself looking at the day of Pentecost, which we read about in Acts chapter two and how significant that was. So much so that next year on the day of Pentecost, we're, we're going to do some big celebration church because it is so hugely significant to the modern day church, to this new church that God started on that day. And um, I looked at the history of it and why it was that day and why it was on Pentecost and, and oh, it's amazing. So I look back at that sermon a couple of weeks ago and um, I want to um, just let you know that I'm, I'm, I'm hooked on this because God is sharing so much with me about what that means for us, this new church, this new me, and this new you. Everything's, behold, all things are new, he said. Anyway, one of the things I mentioned a couple of weeks ago was when Moses was on Mount Sinai receiving the the 10 Commandments, which happened to be 50 days after the deliverance out of Egypt, slavery. 50 days after, he was, God called him up on the Mount Sinai Gave him the Ten Commandments, but he just didn't receive the Ten Commandments. In Exodus chapter 19, verses 3 to 6, the Lord called Moses to him from the mountain, saying, um, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore... If you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all people. He's talking to Israel, right? For all the earth is mine and you shall be to me, listen, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. He said to Moses, Moses, I want you to communicate something to the people who follow me. My intention is that they will become a kingdom of priests. Not just followers of God. Not just people who worship him. There are things that we do do. There are things that Israel did do. They held on to this covenant of the Old Testament called the Ten Commandments. And they practiced it. They added a whole bunch of commandments onto it. But it was much more than that. God's intention was that they would become a kingdom of priests. It was, you know, like I said, 50 days after the deliverance. And it was significant to his people. You see, this was a prelude, if you like, to what happened 1,500 years later when Jesus comes. Jesus comes along and spends 33 years on planet Earth and dies for the sin of the world and then raises again, which is significant because he purchased our lives. Sin, we are, we are actually out of slavery of sin. Just like the people of Israel were out of slavery of, of Egypt 1500 years before. We now longer no longer have to be slaves to sin. Instead we're free and that's what Jesus' resurrection did. But 50 days after that, again 50 days, God's very symmetrical. The disciples and the gatherers, those who, who followed Jesus, the followers of God, At that point, we're in an upper room and the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost and everything changed. That's when this new church began. That's when this new me, this new you was brought into play on that day of Pentecost. Israel, back when Moses called them, they were actually called to actually anoint everyone as priests, and now God's intention was that every one of them, a priest, see a priest is an advocate, a priest represents God to people, and people to God, and um, they're the ones who have the spiritual authority, if you like, and the intention was that from Moses' time, every follower would be that priest, but my indication is, when I read the scripture, that didn't happen, they appointed priests, and to be advocates for God, and advocates for people, it seems as though they picked people to do that. They had judges, you know, Samson, Deborah, a few others, they become judge Gideon, they become judges for God. Then we had the prophets come through, and Samuel, Isaiah, Jeremiah. Then we had the kings. It's interesting that God said, I don't want you to have a king oh well we want a king, I don't want you to have, we want a king and God finally says okay you can have a king and he had a lame duck at the start, Saul, a bit of a lame duck but then David came along, King David now this is fascinating, King David was not your normal, your normal guy you see God's intention was for a priesthood in his kingdom and David was different to everyone else of his time you see, at that point, the Holy Spirit would come on to some people, then off them. Come on to some people, Joshua, God came on him and he was able to do things. Samson, God came on to him, but then God would come off them. The Spirit leaves them, but not for David. Later on, Paul, oh, sorry, Peter is writing a letter to the churches explaining what this new church looks like and what this priesthood should look like. He says it in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse nine, but you are a chosen generation, listen, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And I realised something about King David many years before then, he was the epitome of the royal priesthood. When he was just a young boy, some suggest about 13 or 14 years old, Samuel comes along and says, I'm going to anoint you king. Anoints him with oil. We read that in 1 Samuel chapter 16. Samuel took his flask of oil and anointed David with his brothers standing around watching. Listen, the Spirit of God entered David like a rushing wind, God vitally empowering him for the rest of his life. See, David was different. David didn't have, like Samson, the Holy Spirit came on him, then off, on him. No, 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 no. The Holy Spirit entered David, went into him and was with him for his entire life, never left him. He was the embodiment of what I think God is intending for his church. That's an indication of what he wants his church to be, the royal priesthood. He later becomes king and, um, you know, does some good things and does some very stupid things. It's so good to know that a hero of the Bible did some stupid things. I can relate, although I can't relate to this one that he did. <laughs> he's on the rooftop, although I was a little kid, he used to dance around naked, I suppose. He did that. But later on, he's um, walking around the rooftops and he sees a young girl bathing. It's probably equivalent to the nowadays pornography. And grabs hold of him and he ends up committing adultery with this woman and killing her husband to cover it up. This is the anointed priest, right? What punishment would come on him for that? This is the the royal priesthood, the king. What punishment should come on him? I don't know, but in Psalm 51, we read something interesting about David when he wrote this song. So this is Psalm 51, 10 to 12. Lord, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Listen, cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. David was so desperate not to lose the Holy Spirit. Oh, Lord, do whatever you want to do. Punish me. Beat me up if you need to. But just don't take your spirit from me. And I I, I say that today because I feel like that's an indication I believe of what the church should be like. Lord, whatever happens to us as a church, do it, but just don't take your presence, your Holy Spirit from within me, don't take it away. Because on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit poured out upon all of us, everyone, males, females, old, the young, the, the, the employees, the employers, the slaves and the masters. The unvaccinated and the vaccinated. Couldn't resist. Had to pour out upon everyone. And it wasn't a come off, come on, come off, come on thing. It was a, I'm here to stay. Church, and we like David, Lord, whatever you do, just don't take your presence from me. I cherish that presence, God. I want that Holy Spirit. You see, it's the baptism of the Holy Spirit that enables us to become the royal priesthood. It's when the Holy Spirit comes into us and fills us. God Himself comes into us and fills us. That's the royal priesthood. That's what happened to David. That's what happened to the new church. I'm gonna tell you, church, that's what happened to me. I didn't just decide to follow Jesus. I got hands laid on me and he filled me. Just like the day of Pentecost. And I know most of you, he's filled you. Not just so that you can say, hey, I've got God in me. Not a bad thing to say, no, no, no. Because he's labelled you as a priest of the kingdom. This is a kingdom of priests and today I wanna talk about that kingdom of priests. You have Him in you, you experience His presence if you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Everything changed when He came into your life because you were filled with the Holy Spirit. It wasn't just a nice gesture, it wasn't just a nice prayer meeting, no, 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 no. You became a priest. And what that means now is you now represent God to people and represent people to God. That means you can speak life into people. That means you can speak words of wisdom, words of knowledge, prophecy into people's lives. That means you can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That means you can speak with spiritual authority. That means you can intercede and see breakthrough on behalf of someone else. All the things we see happening in the books of Acts. That's what the royal priesthood's all about. And this new church, that's what he intended for his new church. This new me and this new you. But how does it work? How is it? How does it operate? How does a believer who through faith has received salvation through Jesus Christ, how is it that they walk as a priest in this world that we live? Well, like I said, I think the essential thing is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I actually think when the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within you, that is the key. Because I'm just a mere man, like David was just a mere man. Then the mere man will fall. The mere man will stumble. But when the Holy Spirit, Lord, just don't take him from me. That's why David was desperate. Because without the Holy Spirit, he's just a normal man. But with the Holy Spirit, he can become the royal priesthood and do what he needs to do on planet Earth. So how does it work out? I just want to share with you very quickly some things that I've learnt that help me do this. This Holy Spirit that's in my life, it's more than just having Him in me, it's learning to walk in the Spirit, Paul would say. Galatians chapter five, Romans chapter eight, if you ever wanna read that, he's talking a lot about walking in that Spirit. It's more than just having the Holy Spirit, it's learning how to walk in Him. So how does it, have, how does it work? Well, it starts with something simple, and this is basically I'm just letting you know my story here. I think the most important thing that starts off with is this, we've gotta know God's character. We've got to know his nature. We've actually got to know him. Because if we don't know him, we don't know how he acts. We don't know how he would respond. It's important to know God. How do we do that? Well, I remember back in 1985, I was a young, virile young man, lots of passion, just wanting to get on with life, and all of a sudden I got struck with this beauty called Naomi Thornton. And you know what, I'd heard about her, I knew of her, she was a senior pastor's daughter and a brat. <laughs> but something struck me, I wanted to get to know her and I started this thing called pursuit. I started pursuing her, why? Because I needed to get to know her. I wanted to know what she thought about, I wanted to know the things she liked. I wanted to know, you know, all the different laughs that she has: the nervous one, the "ha <laughs> ha, yeah. the "ha <laughs> ha You've all heard them. the one where she slaps the pulpit. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha She's got all these different laughs. I wanted to know them all. So I'd spend time with her. I'd talk to other people about her, ask questions about her. Why? Because she was important to me. I wanted to be in her life. I think the same with God. If you really love him and you want to know him, you get to know him. You go out of your way to find out about him and we've been given these beautiful volumes of books, a biblia called the Bible, which tells us all about who he is. It shows us exactly what he's like. Especially the New Testament, how everything changed when Jesus justified us through his sacrifice on the cross. We see Jesus through a le- or God through a lens, when we read about Jesus, understanding that his unconditional love, his acceptance, what makes him happy, what doesn't make him happy. it all happens when we read the word. This is why it's important to read our Bibles to get to know Him. You know, I think about the world and the, I. Re- just in the last few years, it's been interesting, the whole LBGTQI plus community, their image of church and God and Christians, I think they've been sold a lie by media because many that I've spoken to think the church hates them and that God hates them. That couldn't be any further from the truth. He loves them and the church should love them. And I know there's some indications where they don't, but you want to remember every shed has a whole bunch of tools in them. Churches have a lot of tools too, who get it wrong. But I want to tell you what God thinks is how the church should think, and the church says, I love you. I want to do all I can for you. And I think the world has a really wrong view of what God is because they have not read his Bible. They read some of the dark stuff in the Old Testament which had a totally different circumstance to where we live and they think, oh, that's what God's like, no, 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 no. Read after Matthew and have a really good look at the way Jesus treated people. There was one lady who was caught in a really terrible act of sin. A man in the middle of the day shouldn't be even talking to her. They wanted to stone her, all these priests' tools. But Jesus knelt down beside her, scribbled some things in the sand, probably the sins that these guys have committed. He said, I don't condemn you. God doesn't condemn her. Wow. We've got to get to know him. We've got to get to, and you know, can you be a Christian without reading your Bible? You probably can, but you won't get to know God. Can I give a confession? This is, I've thought hard about this one. This is a confession from Pastor Rick. I really don't like Bible studies. I really don't. I've done them for years, sitting in a lounge room and looking at the Bible, and I figured out why I don't like them. It's because we read it with an aspect of wanting to know how I can improve and become a better Christian. But that's not what the Bible's about. In God's eyes, because of Jesus Christ, I'm already perfect. I know I'm not perfect. But I'm justified through Christ, right? And Bible studies, the reason why I don't like them is because we focus in on what I should be like, but I keep falling over trying to be like that. But what I do love is when you gather together and look at the Bible and find out what God's like, who he is, what does he do, what does he think, what does he say? And when you look at that, I love those sort of Bible studies. Because it's like looking at this beautiful picture of him. And we get to find out this this immeasurable God, this infinite God. We get to find new aspects of him all the time when we read our Bible. Jesus said in John 10, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. They know him just like he knows the Father. That's what God intends, that we get to know him. Because once you know God, and once you know what God is like, it sets everything else up for walking in the Spirit. See, when we understand the character of God, the way he operates, it enables to understand what he wants to say to you and what he wants to do with your life. So it starts with, get to know him. Find out who he is. Second thing is this, listen for his voice. He's speaking all the time, he always is. He's not a stone sitting in a corner of some old ancient building somewhere. He's not a bunch of bones in some grave that hasn't been found yet. No, he's alive and he's speaking all the time. He wants to speak to you, he's got a story to tell you. Notice I said listen for his not, not hear his voice. There's a big difference between hearing and listening, as any teenager indicates. Listen for it. He wants to speak to you. He wants to guide you. He wants to direct you. He wants to tell you secrets. Listen for it. He speaks through his Bible. Like reading the Bible, it's great to find out who God is and everything. But the added bonus is he will speak to you through it. I'm not a great fan, and I'm not having a go at anyone who is, but I'm not a great fan of read your Bible in a year programs. I, I, I usually get stuck in Exodus or somewhere like that and it kills me. The reason why I'm not a great fan is because what if God wants to talk to me in Revelation? What if He wants to talk to me in, in Psalms? So I'm saying, God, what do you want me to read today? And whatever desire comes to my heart, I start reading that. That's what I'm a fan of. Why? Because I want him to speak to me. I wanna to listen to what he has to say to me through his word. And sometimes I'll be reading a word and I've read that before, but it didn't say that. Same words, but he said something different to me today. I remember I was a young man, about 18 years old, and I was with my youth pastor, with a bunch of other young men. He was teaching us how to read the word. And he said, Rick, point at me, he said, Rick, I want you to read, look up Hosea 10:12, and I want you to read it. So I did. I can tell you what it says. It says, sow to yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy. Break up your fellow ground for it's time to seek the Lord until he reigns righteousness upon you. So I read it just like that. He said, good reading, Rick. I said, thank you, Steve. He said, now, I want you to go over in the corner. I spent a lot of time in the corner at school. Just, just now. Ask God what he'd like to say to you from that passage of scripture. I did. It didn't take long. And I gotta tell you, I felt it. It's like goosebumps and everything in my life. Sow to yourselves righteousness, Rick. Reap in mercy. Break up that hard ground. It's time to seek him until he comes and rains his righteousness upon you. And it just changed everything inside of me. He showed me that my righteousness is not in me and what I do, but in him. And if I seek him, he'll pour it upon me like a big hailstorm. You see, I listened to what he wanted to say to me. He speaks to you through the Bible. He speaks to you in your spirit. We're spiritual beings. Even the most ungodly person will share that with you. We're we're spiritual beings. He wants to share things with you into your spirit. You could be just on a train somewhere. And if we're switched on with our spirit, he might reveal something to you. Romans chapter 8, 16, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Some people here, you need to understand, the Spirit will give you a revelation that you're a child of God. Just like when I read the Bible, it was a wow moment. Sometimes it's when I'm not reading the Bible. My spirit is just, I'm meditating or something and he'll just drop something in there, Pull my little truth bomb. All of a sudden God loves me like a child, like I'm his child, wow because this Holy Spirit bears witness with my spirit. Not only that, he also speaks through dreams and visions. I don't remember many dreams, apparently I have them all every day, every night, but the ones I remember, it's like God speaks to me through them. I've had some amazing dreams and wow, it just blew me away. Things which i forecasted through a dream, I think, wow, that, that actually happened. Remember what Peter said on the day of Pentecost when this Holy Spirit fell out, he said this, shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, sons and daughters, shall prophesy. Young men will see visions and old men will dream dreams. Remember we've said before in the same message, it poured out on everyone. He's just using examples of young men and old men. Dreams and visions are available. I've even been daydreaming and seen something with my mind's eye. I found out later God was speaking to me. Showing me something, showing me what he thinks about something. He speaks to you all the time. Do you listen? I think the royal priesthood needs to listen because he's our commander in chief, right? He's the he's the boss. When the royal priest listens, wow! I find when I meditate on him, his voice, accompanied with peace, drops into me. Friends, it's where you're going to find a lot of peace. You can be in the middle of a tragedy. Terrible circumstances, overwhelmed. You just need one word from God. Let him speak to you. Just listen for it. He'll bring peace in those places where peace shouldn't be. He'll bring breakthrough into you, ideas into you. I've talked to several business people who had a dream or a word from God put it into their business and just made it breakthrough. Are you listening for him? That's how you walk in the spirit. But it all hinges on one more thing that I want to share with you just before we finish up. When we know who he is and we hear his voice and listen to it, we must obey it. Obey his voice. It is obedience that puts his his word into action. You know, the amount of times I haven't obeyed, wonder what would have happened. I'm so glad of the times I have obeyed and seeing God do amazing things through my life Matthew chapter 7 24 to 27 Jesus speaking everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like the wise man who built his house on the rock the rain fell the floods came and the winds blew and the beat on that house but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock and anyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like the foolish man who built his house on the sand Rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew, and the beat against the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. See, this is when faith kicks in. It's not a matter of reason in Christianity, it's a matter of faith. It's a matter of taking that step, knowing that you know who God is, you know what he would ask you to do. And when you hear that voice, you take that step. Sometimes it's just small little steps. Sometimes just little things. But if you learn how to obey and see him come through, it'll come to the big decisions, you'll know. I obeyed him then in the little, I know to obey him in the big. And this act of obedience to God, not to preacher Rick, not to elder anyone else, but to God when he speaks to you. Wow. I think about Ben and Theta, Prevo and their family. Ben, got a word saying we're to go to Cambodia, plant churches. Now you've got to understand something, that's radical enough, right? But Theta, as a child, was rescued out of Cambodia during the Pol Pot regime. Her father should have been killed. She should have been put in internment camps and taught communism, but they escaped. And God told them to go back. Her parents were a bit upset about that initially. But they go back, they obey. Jen Cooper gets a word from God, go and help the Destiny Rescue Girls. Ironically ends up being the same place in Cambodia. They stumble upon these two young men, Minset Utom, who themselves are obeying God in their lives, giving up a lot, not getting much pay for what they do. And what they do do, they sew it into a, a venue where young men can come and stay so they can get an education at schools nearby, rather than the villages where they don't get an education. God brings all these people together. And you saw some of the results on the screen today. All because someone obeyed. When my dad was around about 13 years old, his brothers and cousins said, jump in the car, Matt, we're going off to a crusade. I think they went into a place called Peak Hill. 10th Crusade, old crazy preacher full of the Holy Spirit was preaching. Back then it was the Holy Ghost. My dad gets filled with the Holy Spirit. He tells me for three days he couldn't even speak in English. That would have been fun to watch. Wish we had phones back then. He got rocked. God filled him, Holy Spirit. He doesn't realise it but he he became a priest. A royal priesthood that day. Meets a lovely young lady at church, Beverly. They're married and have this gorgeous looking young man. Young man, right, (laughs) Bob? We're living on a farm. Don't have a real lot. Just a typical farming family and dad's out driving the tractor and God speaks to him, that voice. I know it was a vision or dream or just words, inaudible words. I want you to go to the city. Take your boys for their sake. I want you to plant yourself at Penrith. Now, that sounds okay, but to do that? You're leaving your safety. He's he's on the farm with family. They're running a business. No offence, but they're country folk. Not really been to the city much, and you want us to raise our kids there? They obeyed. I was a little chubby six-year-old at that point don't remember much of them, yeah, okay, we'll go. I'm moving away from my cousins. Went to the world's biggest school, Penrith South, and I wasn't related to anyone at this school. I was related to all the other school. And I sit back and I think about that now. What if dad and mum didn't obey? What a bold move that was. Wow, thank you for obeying dad, you're legend. He's watching right now online. You're a royal priesthood. God speaks to you. And all I can think of this church is that the world right now needs priests. Oh Rick, you want me to wear a funny robe or something? No. (laughs) Do I have to speak in a funny language? No. Am I allowed to get married? Yes. It's man-made stuff. God's intention was a kingdom of priests who walk with Holy Spirit every day so that they could be an advocate of God for people and of people for God. That's what it's about. And the world right now needs those priests in it. Your workmates, your family, your friends, your neighbours, they need a priest. Someone, especially now in the time in which we live where everything's been turned upside down. I need someone who can hear from God and one day maybe show them how to be a priest. Let me tell you, it's the blessed life. It's the blessed life. This new church, this new me, that's what it's about. I want to share you a story I heard about this week. Um, in, in Jerusalem. Oh, sorry. Yeah, in Jerusalem, just near, near the Temple Mount there. Um, just southwest of there, about a couple of kilometres, they were digging through these tombs in 1974. I think it was digging through there, trying to look for artifacts and proof of what happened. and And they found these t- catacomb tombs, and they opened them up, and they were all empty. Just a few bones, and I was hoping to find some treasures, of course, treasure hunters. But they'd already been robbed many centuries before, probably. Anyway, they left one of the apprentice boys there. I think he was 14 years old. And we'll be back soon, son, just clean this up and we'll be back soon. They delayed and this young boy, as he does, gets a bit bored. So he gets a hammer and starts hitting on the bottom of one of these tombs, boom, boom, boom. As you do, right? Teenage boys, hammer. Gotta hit something, bang, bang. All of a sudden the the stone cracks and falls down. It's all hollow underneath. So he (laughs) runs against his boss, probably thinking he's in trouble. Come back, they lift it off, and they find some stuff, because this hasn't been robbed. This tomb is still intact. And what they find, and I've got some pictures up on here, if we can show these pictures, that there is a silver emulet. It's a roll, it's rolled up, it's a scroll. It's around about three or four centimetres long, and it's rolled up in silver. Now, there's two of them. And they're historians, these guys, so they know what this is, it's gonna say something in there. This is a scroll, and because it's silver, it hasn't wasted away. Papyrus or animal skins would have wasted away. And they thought, do we unroll this? Whoa, do we? Glad they did, because next photo, there they are, there's the two pieces right there. And I think the next photo shows a little bit more of the inscription. You can see a little bit more, there's some engravings on there. See them? It's actually written language on these silver scrolls. These are 650 BC they were found, they were written on, they've dated it back to the time of um, priest Ezra, out of the Bible. Just before the first temple was destroyed and they were held captive in Babylon. First temple period, pretty old. In fact, it's the oldest piece of scripture ever found which has been written down. That's it, 650 I think to 700 BC. Do you know what it says? The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Isn't it cool that that's the oldest piece of written scripture ever found? But what's really cool is this. That passage of scripture in Numbers chapter six, it's called the priest's blessing. It's what God commanded would be spoken over all those who are priests. Starting with Aaron, Moses' brother. He was the first Levite, the Levite priest. and It's was, it was also called Aaron's blessing. This is what God intended would be blessed or, or spoken over from him, over every priest. Now we've seen this song in the last 18 months. It's sort of been an anthem through COVID a bit. But when you realise what it's for, what God thinks of you, what he wants to put on his priest's life, wow. I started thinking, God, you really do want priests in this kingdom. He wants everyone to be a priest. This new church, this new me, this new you. Strong Nation, would you walk as a priest today? It begins with walking with Holy Spirit. That's where it all begins. Understand who God is. Oh, am I hearing right from God? You'll know that if you know who he is. He's not going, when you read the word Belshazzar, it doesn't mean you go and find Sharon and belt her. Because you know God wouldn't do that. Then if you listen and he's talking to you all the time, the priest needs him to speak and they listen. And then the gutsy bit is to obey. I know this is what God wants me to do. So I'm gonna step into this. And I can tell you from a lifetime almost now, of learning to do this, you don't lose. I don't always get it right, but I'm blessed. I cannot believe the favour and blessing that's on my life. It's incredible. Then when I read this, Oh, that's what that is. It's the priest's blessing. It's God's promise over the priests. Wow. So I'd like us all to stand if we could please. The team are gonna sing this song. You can mouth along if you like. At home you can sing your lungs out. But what I'd like more than anything is I'd like us all to be invaded by Holy Spirit. He's here right now. One thing I, sort of God's got me doing this, right? Went to, went to Columbia in a conference and Holy Spirit have heard me tell the story, stood in front of me. And it's not all to it. He, he showed me something in my mind's eye, it's a vision. He's standing there and all of a sudden he about faces and puts his back towards me. And then he comes and he moves into me and superimposes himself within my body. It's just imagery, right? And he said, Rick, this is the reality of what I've done. I'm not outside of you, I'm in you. He said, Rick, I want you to worship me. So hang on, the Bible says glorify Jesus. He says, ah, Jesus and I are so close together, you can't tell us apart. Okay, got me. So when I worship God now, there's this being inside of me who is God, who I just thank Him and love Him and, and accept Him within me. And I've realised, That's how priests operate. They understand that God's in them and they allow the Holy Spirit to just move and through worship, he's so gracious. I wanna love him and tell him how much I love, but he'll start telling me stuff from within me. He'll tell me how much he loves me. He'll give me vision. He'll show me great things because I'm worshiping him, God who is in me. So we're gonna sing this song, team this. I'd like you just close your eyes because I don't want them to prophesy over you. Speak this blessing over you because if the Holy Spirit is in you, you're the priest. And this is the priest's blessing. Thank you, guys.